Welcome back, Blockheads, to another edition of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the most important person in the game, the Dungeon Master, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all of the players at your table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Chris. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And today we're going to be talking all about magic. You know, we have this this series called Bringing the Magic of Magic into D&D, and today we are going to be bringing some very special spells that we, each of us, went and looked up and brought into a D&D world. So once we get to the meet, we will be bringing those to you, how we took those spells and transmutated them, good spell word, into D&D spells. But before we do that, we have some five-star reviews we have to get to. So, Mitch, what is the first one that we have for the day? Our first one is from Aeteranos and is entitled, If There Was a Podcast Category for Creative Inspiration. And he goes on to say, This podcast would be on the cover. Have been listening to this podcast for about six months, managing to burn through all the previous podcasts in the first two weeks. Have since been keeping up with each new episode. Chris, Mitch, Main Prize, and the others provide awesome what-if content that keeps me analyzing my own creations. In lieu of a scary monster in this dungeon, listening to them helps me really add depth, such as backstories, overarching storylines, and moral conflicts that keeps things emotional and human, even for us (laughs) (laughs) non-humans. Keep up the awesome work. All hail the food mage. Yeah. Yeah. Our next one is brought to us by Keyblade Master 4321. Awesome and extremely helpful. And Keyblade Master writes, I'm only on episode 10 at the time of this review, but this podcast has been both informative and entertaining. I'm a new DM and my first attempt ended horribly, but with these helpful tips, I feel more prepared for a second attempt than if I had just gone into a second try. Love the show. Keep going. So thank you so much, Keyblade Master, for that thank review. You. We are we are eternally grateful to you for that. And with that, let's get into transmutating some of those magic spells into D and D spells. Let's head to the meat. I'm starving. Yeah. Why can't we have some meat? So welcome back to this segment of the meet today. This is a bringing the magic of magic to D&D episode. And with that, how could we do it without the wisdom, the knowledge, the power, it may be, of hashtag magic mark. Welcome back to the show, hashtag magic mark. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Your arms out extended like to show that you had the power there? Or <laughs> he were you was just doing loving it like you were stretching? Praise. I think I was just stretching. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> It's great to have you back here on the show with us. It's been a quite a few episodes since uh, you've been able to join us. Yeah. Your your life has life and job has kept you uh, busy, busy. So um, we're glad to have you. Yeah, curse the nine to five. <laughs> so today we have looked at some spells, some instant, some enchantments, some sorceries from Magic: The Gathering, the card game, and we have turned those spells into D and D spells that can be used in your game. We will talk about them here on the show, and if you're a Patreon dragon, you will be able to download a PDF of these magic-inspired spells right from our Patreon. 
So let's get into it. Let's start talking about some of these spells. Let's talk about the card that we were inspired by, and let's talk about the spell that came out of that inspiration. Hashtag Magic Mark, of course, we have to start with you. So tell us about the first card and the first spell. All right. So I started with some simple spells. I found one that I really liked called About Face. It's a really old card, so most of you may not have heard of it. It's an old instant from a set far long ago. The spell, I changed the name to Twisted Form. Its level is first. It's a druid spell. The casting time is a single action. Its range is 30 feet. It requires just a verbal and somatic, no material component for this one. And its duration is one minute. And what it does is in the game, it switches the target creature's power and toughness for a, for a turn. And so I took that as a pretty simple spell. So it's a first level druid spell that I kind of interpreted into a stat manipulation spell that for druids, you can, at a range of 30 feet, switch a target's constitution and strength scores. So this constitution becomes the strength and vice versa. To be resisted, it's a constitution save. Yeah, so I thought that'd be pretty interesting. You can probably find some fun ways to use that and some not so fun ways to use that. And you could also benefit teammates or utilize it against an enemy. Some enemies, it might not even matter. You <laughs> run into an ogre and you can be like, ah, we're going to switch. And it's like, I'm fine. Same same numbers. Yeah. But you could also run into like an artificer who has normally a really high constitution and a really low strength. You switch that and hit him once, he could die. Or he could hit you once and you could possibly die. That However, is also that true. Works. There's always <laughs> that, that bait and switch when you do those things. I yeah. like that about magic, though. It's like... You trade power for some sort of consequence. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of integrating spells like that into D&D because there's not a lot of those in the books that I've at least read through. And so and making it a first level spell that could be potentially highly powerful, um, but it having a cost is kind of interesting. Um, and you could use that on an ally and be like, oh, this hardy tank guy, it'd be really fun if he could kill the dude in one blow so let's just switch those for a minute so yeah i thought that would be a good point starting point for us to discuss so my first spell i chose from a card called banishment decree and it's a the picture is of a phyrexian placing a symbol onto the back of i think it's a human's back and basically it gets rid of any card that you have in the game and puts it back in on top of your deck and so I changed that into a sorcerer wizard spell called Decree of Banishment. It's an 8th level conjuration spell. Its casting time is 10 minutes. Its range is touch. Its components are verbal, somatic, and material. And its duration lasts for one month. You cast a symbol of your own design on both a creature and an object. The creature that the symbol was casted upon immediately teleports to a random location 300 feet away from the object. If that creature gets anywhere within 300 feet of that object, they will be unable to approach any closer. Once a symbol is decided upon, the caster may cast the spell again and place the symbol on another object of their choice. The effect is the same for the branded creature and multiple symbols may exist at the same time. And so the spell is uh, often used by learned high-level wizards that work in courts that deal with punishments of banishments for criminals. And also a lot of times for wizards that are employed at very important prisons to keep the most powerful prisoners 
from escaping. So they may place them like on the guard tower. So if they ever get close, uh, they're teleporting back. So you're saying it in a, in a sense, like they keep out of a space, correct? Yes. Yeah. So is there like a brother spell that keeps them like within a certain range, that kind of thing where they can only, they can't go more than 300 feet away than from an object. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I think maybe that's a whole other spell in itself or different material components, but yeah. yeah, that might be really good for like a prison as well. Keep just it's like you keep them tethered to a location. Yeah. I guess this spell could also be used as like a magical world's form of a restraining order. So it's like <laughs> you're just like, "Here, take this rock. I will touch this uh person that you don't like and boom, they can't come within 300 feet of you as long <laughs> as you have this rock." Come back to the court at the end of the month. We'll make sure this still I happens. I like the idea of, like, the they're randomly teleported no matter how, Like, they get within 300 feet, and they not, it's not like they can't progress. They, again, get randomly teleported somewhere else. So, <laughs> so well, just randomly, not so, to any location, so just immediate. randomly. When the spell is cast, they have to be in the same place to be touched by the wizards. They get randomly teleported to a, a place 300 feet outside yeah. of away from that, that object. When they try to approach that object again, it's like a force wall that they cannot pass through. So it's not just constantly like, teleport, teleport, teleport. But it would be more fun <laughs> if it was. <laughs> I feel like it would be less effective. Guys, <laughs> guys walking around the market and suddenly he's like, you know, the restraining order person just gently grazes him with that 300 foot bubble. And he's like, well. <laughs> on the other side of the bubble now. <laughs> I imagine that there's like been some like accidents, like randomly teleported to 300 feet away to the cliff's edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Or you just do it around like the person's favorite restaurant or like <laughs> yeah. at what like his favorite places, just so uh, he can never go just there. Just like again. you're a jer- you're a high level jerky yeah. wizard. Angry. You do it to your friends. Yeah. Angry wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like that restaurant. Hmm? I don't I don't like people knocking on my door. So you put the symbol <laughs> on your door and just, oh gosh. All right, Chris, what was your first spell? Uh, so the first spell that I have is based off of the card called Drudge Spell. The picture is a headless horseman with black wings on the back of a skeleton horse. And the guy on the back is also a skeleton. And he's like riding through this field and these skeletons are raising up from the dead behind him. And so I took this idea and what the card said and I turn, turned it into just a regular spell called Drudge. And it is a necromancy spell level two. Its casting time takes one action to cast. It has a range of a 20-foot radius around the caster, and the components are verbal, somatic, and material, at which the material portion is a drop of blood, a piece of flesh, and, a, and some bone dust. The duration that it lasts is one minute, and so if they're on the battlefield that you are in as this caster are two or more dead bodies, you can take two of them and instantly destroy them. They just rip apart however you want to thematically say that this happens, and upon them being ripped apart, you see some of the bones from each creature essentially come together and make a skeleton. So you look at the monster manual for the rule of a skeleton, and you use that, and whoever casts a spell can control it, takes the place of that creature or those creatures for one minute, and then it just follows like, into a pile of but bones. But like, so it can be two different types of creatures yeah. and make this like skeleton abomination creature. Yeah, I mean, you would still use the stats of a skeleton unless you want to go through the math of combining no, that's a fantastic. minotaur skeleton. I love and, that idea. Like, yeah. I just imagine, like, you have a 
some weird like humanoid creature that rides on the back of a giant crab mm-hmm. and you're just like you use drudge spell and yeah. then all of a sudden it's this like skeletal crab humanoid abomination or that sounds a, scary a, as heck maybe it's a like for this one it specifically only has the stats of a skeleton but there is a higher level drudge spell that's like a level seven or something because i feel like if it's only a level two spell you could only really use the skeleton yeah. statistics but if you wanted to make it even higher, make it a higher level spell that then you combine certain elements of larger creatures yeah, maybe from the based monster off manual. Of the challenge you rating, could, yeah, yeah, you can make higher a CR and level. the added. But like that, and I feel like it may be a little bit more work to say, okay, we're combining these two creatures. But I feel like the work pays off to go. Let's look at the two kind of let's let's take these two creatures. Let's have it take this element of this creature, and it's going to come over to this this new creation and be able to still have this attack. still have this resistant. Maybe it loses something along the way, but at the same time, it's a skeleton. It may be a little bit more work, but it's such a cool well, idea. It, it makes that moment for the caster where it's like, Oh, you remember that time where we combined yes. a, you know, whatever and a whatever, like that would be a cool moment for a yeah. player to be able to have. And I think it leaves it up to you as the GM to be a little bit more creative on your or you can say, what does it create? Yeah, because you have a 20-foot like, radius, so yeah. I would I would say you could choose as the caster what you want to do. Exactly. Uh, it only So you would have to cast it again. It's not like, hey, there's six people within you know, a 20-foot <laughs> radius. It doesn't combine all of them, you know, sets of two into yeah, one creature. Yeah, describe to me the creature that is yeah. formed from the bones. Yeah. Like, I want to hear it, player. Yeah. Like, that sounds really cool. And that's how we get 25-minute turns in d <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Yeah. Very or, true. Or maybe the person was thinking about it beforehand and decided oh, to come Yeah, that's them. never the case. <laughs> this is <how> go. <laughs> Wizard, you're up. All right, guys. Just take a break. <laughs> I've been looking at these three spells for the past 30 minutes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right, Mark, what about your second spell that you chose? Up next, I use the card Plasm Capture, and I changed the name to a a spell called Absorbing Deflection because it's pretty cool. The card steals mana based on countering a spell. So in D&D terms, it's a third-level spell. Um, The casting time is a reaction, so it's a reactionary spell. The range is 120 feet. It requires a verbal, somatic, and material component. Uh, The material component I came up with was like a weird glob of jelly because you're supposed to capture with plasm. And so this is a spell that I said prevent an opponent's spell and gain a spell slot of the spell casted. So if you're a wizard and you're like facing another wizard and the guy casts a spell, you can use this as a reaction and just be like, I get that. Oh, and now I get to cast this spell. The like you gain that spell slot. I even said I uh, was thinking like if your opponent is like a level eight wizard and you're a level four and you absorb a fifth level spell, you could copy that spell and shoot it back at them. I like that. <laughs> So it's one of those spells where you can use it as an opportunity to gain a spell slot that you're not even qualified for mm. yet in the game. Now it requires timing and it's a tough choice. Yeah. But when you do it, you're like, yes. All right. Now I get to raise those zombies as a level two wizard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a gamble with magic because yeah. you might end up like using it, never needing it, never wanting to like use the spells that are cast upon you. But those moments that it does happen, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. That's awesome. Remember yeah. that time I did that thing where I threw that spell right back in the wizard's face? Like, 
it's such a cool moment when it does work, yeah. So, Mitch, what is your next one that you have for us? So I looked at the Magic the Gathering card, Touch of the Eternal, and this is a, a white spell, an enchantment, and basically in the game, your health, like you, the player, your health becomes the total number of all cards that you have on the table. Uh, and so what I did with this was I made it into this spell called Eternal Bond, and it's a ninth level divination spell for clerics only. Uh, its casting time is one minute, and its range is touch. The components are verbal and somatic, and its duration lasts for 10 minutes. This spell I really like. This is one of those, I think it's a really powerful spell with, once again, a really powerful cost to it. So I'm interested to see what you guys think about this. And I'm interested to see, it's a ninth level spell, but how game-breaking you think this is. <laughs> so, uh, as you cast this spell, you hold out your hand to others to grasp. Too game-breaking. <laughs> uh, that's the spell. <laughs> I mean, ninth level spells uh, with you a can't touch hold range out your, your hand unless... <laughs> You and up to five other creatures are magically connected for the next 10 minutes. The total health of all connected creatures is added up and solely placed on you. Anytime a member of this connection is damaged, you take the damage. No creature can go unconscious until you yourself reach zero health. At that point, all creatures connected instantly disappear from existence. There are no saving throws. There is no form of resurrection that can bring any of you back. Thoughts? <laughs> can you say that last bit over again? I just want to... There are no saving throws. Yeah. There are no form of resurrection so that can bring any of you back. that's when the person reaches zero? That's when... So basically, it, you take all the hit points and you yep. put it on the caster. So their hit point total at ninth level spell is going to be pretty stinking high so we're gonna say 700 hit points whatever every time anybody in that connection gets attacked there the health is still being depleted but it only stays with your person yeah. like you are the one that's getting hit you're getting damaged everyone else is just like a vessel for you and your all total amount of damage yep when you reach zero though everyone in the party just completely disappears. So, like, they're able to keep <laughs> fighting, and everybody's able to basically react like they have a ton of health, and there will be no um, moment in the battle where it's like, oh, player one dropped, player two dropped, player three dropped, but player four, player five it's are still playing. Scenario, it's yeah. an all or nothing. It's when it's a TPK, it's a TPK, uh, but your characters, almost story-wise, because when a TPK happens, it's usually like, you're not getting resurrected anyway, yeah. but like those characters will never be able to be brought back. They disappear completely from existence at that point in time. That's when you build the ceremonial campfire in the backyard and burn <laughs> all the character sheets and be like, well, it's over. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a, from a player's perspective, it's a great spell until you realize you're getting low on health. Right. And then it's that <laughs> moment that's like, Oh no, what do we do? Because I mean, it's great. Nobody will ever go down. You won't have yep. to worry about the tank going down. You won't have to worry about, you know, whoever hiding in the shadows going down. But it's that moment when they like start, if you're like getting surrounded by a horde, it's like, oh no, uh, there's really no running because if I stick, if I leave somebody behind, 
Like if, if we decide to run away, like that person can't die unless there's a range on it where all of a sudden like just disconnects. But like if you if somebody were to get left behind somewhere, that could suck epically. Would, so you yeah. have to work harder to get everybody out because if you don't, that one person's just gonna be get beat to death because they're no, like, it only, Why this person yeah. dying. It only lasts for ten minutes, but ten minutes is plenty Still, of time oh, yeah. for an army of evil creatures to just con- constantly be stabbing a creature and go, why is he not dying? I don't know. Keep stabbing him. I and could, like, eventually you're going to reach zero yeah, I and could you're see all this, gone. I could see this happening in like an army where there's like desertion problems where it's like, hmm. nope, you're not going to run away. Cause even if you run away, you leave somebody behind, you're going to die. Like you have to fight till the bitter end for your own life. It basically takes everybody's lives and makes you closer together because one person's pain could eventually end up with your yeah. death. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty. I like that a lot. I, li- I I think it could bring some really cool story play elements where you're just all of a sudden are like, we got to leave him behind. We can't like, we- nope. You can't. You cannot leave him behind at this point in it time. Would make for some pretty interesting encounters of, as a as a cleric, it would be like fantastic because you cast a spell and then all you do is stand in the back and heal yourself. You don't have to go <laughs> touch the guy in front. <laughs> yeah. You just stand there and heal yourself yep. and those health points just you go You hide up. behind a rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the person who's like, I have all the health now, that's the only person you have to heal. Yeah. So you can even have the caster just stand there with the healer next to him just like, we're friends. Yeah. And every time the tank up front takes all that damage, you just go, no big deal. I'm healing you right it here. Could, like, and that's a gr- that's a really good point that I didn't think about. This could be like a spell that's like a legendary spell that's been used to win battles in the past. Like, and there's heroes that are legendary go down as undefeatable. But what it is is that there's a a six member. The caster is in the back, and he's gathered together with him like a whole group of healers and they're hiding in a cave just casting the heal spells on him constantly while these warriors are out there taking no damage just decimating an entire army like it could be the story of legends and people just are like how did those creatures not die like they were gods among men and really it's the fact that a spellcaster is behind it all and it's just got a whole group of healers just going lay hands on lay hands on you does the does the person feel all of the slashes and arrows I, and things like that. I think he's just that would like be up this, to you as the he's GM. He's in this cave just like gaining yeah, slashes right? and like holes and it's like, oh, this is the worst <laughs> thing ever. But do you feel like more powerful too because you yeah. have like so much health? It's almost like a uh, you become a super saiyan and it's yeah. just like <laughs> those little hits don't hurt that much. But then you're getting to, that's the thing, Chris, you pointed out like there's almost this sense of like, you start off and you're, you're looking at the health total and you're like, I'm super, super cocky right now. But once you're getting lower than 100 XP, it's a group like, oh, no. Well, is it one of those two that, like, I I would imagine if it doesn't take concentration, like, can you just cancel it at any time? Like, I... I feel like almost the risk reward factor here would have to be you can't cancel it. I think that's a good thing that needs to be added into the spell. That's a great because otherwise it's otherwise it's like, oh, we're running low on health. Well, guess we'll just cut it off every man for himself. Like it it totally would defeat the purpose at that point. I agree. I will be adding that into the spell. Great thought, Chris. With that, Chris, what is your next spell? My next spell is based off of, well, there's actually many, many cards called Circle of Protection. So there's like Circle of Protection versus green versus blue versus black versus red versus white in magic. And so I decided to kind of take the idea. So you're kind of getting like 15 magic spells in one. Or maybe it's just one that it just depends on what 
material component you use for it. Prismatic circle of protection. Roll a dice and you get to pick. <laughs> oh, you really you like do, that prismatic you, spray. You could do that. Or, or the idea that I had was uh, that it is called protection circle, which you pick the element that you want to be protected from. So the damage would be that you can protect yourself from is like fire, cold, poison, acid. Basically all of the types except for physical types of damage. So like slashing and piercing and bludgeoning and things like that. And so... This spell is called Protection Circle. You pick the element. It's a divination spell level one, so it's kind of a low level, but there's you can beef it up to make it even stronger. The components are verbal, somatic, material. The casting time it takes is one action, and the duration it lasts is two rounds. The range is a 10-foot radius around the caster. So it prevents automatically prevents five damage from whatever element type to whoever is within a 10-foot radius. So you can prevent five more damage by expending another spell slot of the same or higher level. So each level higher spell slot adds another five damage reduction to the overall total that comes up until you run out of spell slots. So you could protect a lot of damage. You could protect just a little bit, or you could protect all of it, you know, depending on how many spell slots you choose. But it's kind of, once again, that risk-reward factor, like how many do you use? How much is worth... How many spell slots is this worth to protect, you know, X amount of damage? So I feel like it's one of those things that you could use for some really cool moments and you could use it and nothing could ever happen to you. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my spell called Protection yeah. Circle. Can, now my, my question is, can you cast that on other creatures as well? Uh, I was going to have it be just specifically on just the yourself. caster itself. Because yeah, that so. would be interesting if you have a barbarian in your group who takes like resistance from physical... Like and you, I just imagine like this wizard putting his hand on a barbarian, and this barbarian running into a burning building, and just like <laughs> being in this epic battle. But but I think that makes it a little bit l- like better if it's it has some limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, what is your next spell that you have for us? My next spell was inspired by the card Artificial Evolution, the new name that I gave it. It's called Glorified Form. Its casting time is a single action. It's range is touch. Its components are verbal and somatic. It's a low-level spell, so I don't really see material being needed. Its duration is 10 minutes and concentration, so you can concentrate up to 10 minutes. And so what it does is the card changes the text on a spell or permanent by replacing all instances of one type with another. So what I had for this was the target uh, gets a new feat at the caster's choosing for the duration. So if you want your target to gain a feature from the player's handbook or from somewhere else, I think the idea that I came up with is if you want the big guy in front to get cleave and he doesn't have it yet, (laughs) hey, you get cleave for the next 10 minutes and there's a bunch of little goblins running up to us. Could be pretty useful. This is a dynamic that I don't see a lot in D&D of like temporary abilities. Yeah. So seeing something like that would be really cool. Um, I don't know if it's like the potency of the feat could be higher based on user higher slots or if it's like you can pick more than one using higher slots, but I had it as a first level spell. So it wasn't too OP because it's just one feet and you're just like, hey, you get it for a little while. But I think it'd be really cool to see this kind of like dynamic of this feature gets used. I really like that in the sense of too that putting myself in the shoes of a player in that game with a druid that could cast that, I think of that as a cool way to become more familiar with the feats offered up mm-hmm. and like be able to use them without like doing the, oh, I chose that feat. 
three levels back. I'm not really using that often. It's not really helpful. Like, I wish I didn't choose that. You kind of get a feel for a lot of the feats. Your players are going to become more familiar with what the feats are, and I think that's a pretty cool feature of that spell in itself. Yeah, and I also, in selecting it for druids and rangers, is you can throw it on an animal companion. Mm. Um, So you can... Come up with maybe even as a DM some interesting animal. My badger companions. has cleave. <laughs> well, you can do that. My giant or... crab humanoid abomination skeleton <laughs> yeah. has cleave. But I just <laughs> use drudge to cast. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can cast animal like features on a person that normally couldn't take them. This person now meows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have scent now. Uh, it's, you like know, I, I like this idea because as, as a player, I know I've said it and I've heard it from other players, and as a DM, I've heard it as well. Like, oh, man, I really should have taken that feat. It would have been so helpful in this moment. Yeah. And so now it's like, well, there's there's a solution to our problem. Yep. You know, we can, we can have you have that feat for a little we while. We can give it to you in uh, this yeah. moment. Because <laughs> it's garbage all the other times. Yeah. You made the right choice. Just right now you're regretting it. I, well, yeah, that even, like, boosts you in the sense of, like, skill challenges and things like that. Like, there's certain feats that would be like, I can make you better at gambling right now or talking right now or whatever it is, like. There's a lot of uses for that. I like that a lot. Mitch, what is your next spell that you have? Uh, my next spell was taken from the Magic the Gathering enchantment. It's a white enchantment, Curse of the Forsaken. I simply changed this to a, a cleric spell called Forsaken Curse. It's a six-level divine spell. Its casting time is one action. Its range is touch. Its components are verbal and somatic, and its duration is one minute. So a creature that is touched by your Forsaken Curse spell must immediately roll a Wisdom save against the spell effects. If the save fails for the next minute, each time the cursed creature makes an attack that is not a spell, you gain health equal to half the damage dealt by such an attack. This counts for attacks both directed at you and against others. So you can, like place this curse on a really strong minotaur and every time that minotaur makes an attack against anybody you're gaining half of the damage dealt in health which eventually if it's just you versus the minotaur you're still going to be losing damage but this can be something really really helpful um, when you're a higher level cleric and if you can just kind of sneak up and cast this spell on a monster and then let it Hit your buddies while you're low on health. Like, hey, I'm gaining health. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> and I think I'm going to uh, make this spell also only be able to be cast upon the self, not be cast upon another creature to help them out. So, Chris, what's your third spell? So my third spell was based off of a rather funny-looking card called Lure, and the picture is like this reddish goblin reptile creature with horns being pulled by, like he's got like a fishing lure stuck in his lip <laughs> and he's being pulled <laughs> off to the side of the card. And so I thought that this would be a really fun card to use. Like say you have a tank like in your group, a barbarian or a fighter or whoever, a guy that's kind of supposed to be the frontline guy. As DMs, it's always like one of those things where we can pretty much decide whether we want the creature's and we kind of metagame sometimes as, as DMs where it's like, oh, I'm just going to make this creature run around and get the caster because they'd be smart <laughs> enough to do that when the actual threat is really right in front of them at the moment, the guy with a huge sword. So I kind of made it this thing where 
as a player, you could make the tank more of an attractant to the enemy coming in. And so I called this one Luring Scent. It's an enchantment level one. Its casting time takes one action. Its range, you can cast it anywhere from yourself to 100 feet away, and the creature that you cast it on, your friend or whoever, has a 20-foot radius that anything within that radius is attracted to that person. It has a verbal and somatic component, and its duration lasts for one minute. So you cast a spell on any friendly creature or player in front of you, and this creature now is struck with a scent that enemies around cannot resist. And so they turn their attentions and attacks to that creature that's luring them in if they fail a constitution saving throw, which would be based off of the caster's level, uh, uh, spell save level and things like that. If they succeed, they just can keep running in whatever direction they were wanted to run. If they fail it, they're automatically attracted. So you could have like three people fighting within 20 feet of each other and this creature all of a sudden is like, nope. There's something behind me that smells really good. I'm going to go after that or however you want to, you know, maybe it's a really foul smell that they want to get rid of or something like that. It could give your friends opportunity attacks because creatures are running away. Granted, you might want to talk to your tank before you cast this on them, whether it's an okay thing Why to do. Why does it really like, hate me? <laughs> yeah, so it could be that thing that works out really, really well and you guys just get free pot shots in the back to whatever creatures there are. Or it could be something where it's like, I kind of feel like I wasted a spell level. You or know? we just killed the tank. Yeah. Well, that's right. that was my follow-up question, which I'm really interested uh, to hear what your thoughts were. Uh, if the tank goes down, is the lore still in effect? Uh, I was I was thinking the spell would end. The spell on would that, end on that moment. Yeah, because the creature goes down. Yeah. Uh, now, if you wanted to be a really mean DM and say, "Well, he's still breathing, so he's not dead," I mean, that's so. a, yeah, that's definitely a um, yeah a cost to the power of magic, right? That yep. like it's still letting it's making these creatures like almost rabid against him, and like they're still going to attack. And if the tank goes down, it's like, oh yeah. no! If you're what going have to, I done? basically, if you're going to cast a spell on somebody where there may be severe ramifications, <laughs> make sure you talk to your yeah, friendly barbarian be before you go into battle. <laughs> Can you cast it on an opponent? So say like you have an <laughs> army of goblins in front of you and one big orc is leading them. Well, you Can could, you cast but, it, it but the, the way I worded it was that it's against like enemies Opponents, that are in there. Yeah, so and, like yeah. if you cast it on a goblin, you could have all of your friends go and attack this person now i get you can decide the priority yeah. target that could be used in yeah. like tangent with like charm person and then you've yeah. got like a lore on like an enemy and then the charm person is constantly attacking them i mean i guess if you as a caster knew that somebody else was a caster that was high level you could cast it on that caster that's a lot of casting and what did in you one just sentence. say so if so if you're a caster and you cast if you're a, a caster, cast, caster and you caster, see another caster. magician or wizard you can cast the spell on them because you know they're powerful and all of your friends could take them out first. That yeah, could be something true. you could potentially do. Uh, I feel like you, could you just might just want to stick with casting it on your friend. I think, the, I think the barbarian or the fighter would have a f really fun time knowing about that spell, like trying to figure out where to place himself in battle yeah. to like make, make those creatures. And like, yep. it would be, it could be such a saving grace when your friend is like reaching low HP and you run in, and the creature has no, like, it has to turn it around and start attacking you with yeah. the tank. Like, well, it really can save a bunch of Let's be butts. honest, too. Barbarians are in their element when they're able to swing at yep. things with a sword. So it's one of those things where it might be like, yeah, that might suck if I get to low HP. But, hey, 
I'm going out swinging at things, and, and that's, that's going to be the best thing does, ever. Right? He's yeah. always there to kind of be that uh, that tank, and they're well, taking a risk every time like that, they so. run into battle. They're yep. they're trying to be a lure in themselves. So this is just a magical component that helps them do their job better. Yep. Mark, what is your fourth spell? Second to last for me. My next spell is based on the card Augur Spree. The card gives a target creature plus four, minus four until the end of the turn. Um, so what I kind of read to this, into this was I came up with a spell called Furious Rage. Um, it's a second level druid or ranger spell. Um, so the natural trio kind of get benefits from this. It takes a target and flings them into a barbarian type rage. So they get all of the bonuses of going into rage like a barbarian. You can use it on your barbarian and give him a free bonus rage for the day. <laughs> nice. You can use it on your warrior and give him all the benefits of rage while he's still wearing well, armor. Still a warrior. Yeah. And yeah um, so there's a lot of cool circumstances. You could use it on a bad guy and be like, you're making poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> like throwing it on like uh, an opponent caster would be really funny because he's mm-hmm. like, I want to go hit you with my wand. Uh, so there's a Kind of, kind of fun applications to this, but I think it's, it's again adding a mechanic that isn't necessarily into a spellcaster into their kit, which is really useful and applicable in I think a lot of situations. I really tried to find stuff that it's like there isn't a magic spell or a D and D spell like this. That's what I kind of went for, and I felt like this one was like if I give you rage, there's a lot of situations where you can give somebody rage or even cast rage on yourself maybe and see what happens. I'm out of spells for the day. I got one slot, rage. <laughs> I'm going to at least get a little bit of a strength bonus while I'm fighting with my stick. I really like that idea, especially in the mindset of like you casting it on like an archer, an archer just be like, <laughs> and like shooting arrow after arrow, Angry but getting arrows. like damage. And you also said it was a druid spell? A druid or ranger spell. Because once again, a druid being able to cast rage on their animal companion is yeah. a really fantastic spell that they could use. I really like that a lot. Mitch, what is your fourth spell that you have for us? I really like my fourth spell. I guess I like all my spells. I like all your spells, but I really like my fourth spell. It's a sorcerer wizard spell. I took it from the magic card, Grim Return. This card is something that brings a creature back from your graveyard and puts it on the battlefield, but it's the picture and the the title that really got me. It's a picture of a creature that had a sword shoved through its chest, like getting up, pulling the sword out, walking away, and it's like this undead creature now holding the sword that was shoved through its chest. And so I named this spell Grim Reprise, and so it's a 7th level necromancy spell. Its casting time is one hour. Its range is touch. Its components are verbal, somatic, and material, and its duration is one day. So this I, I kind of based off of the resurrection spell, only with a dark twist. You touch a dead creature that has been dead for no more than a century, is physically intact, and isn't undead. That creature is brought back as an undead servant that will serve you for the next 24 hours. The creature keeps any class or racial traits that it had in life, with the exception of the use of spells, but is also treated as if it were undead. This creature cannot speak, but understands all languages it understood when it was alive. When 24 hours has run out, 
or the spell is cast again on another creature, the current undead servant dissolves into a pile of ash. I really think that there isn't enough spells in D&D that kind of give that necromancer feel that I feel like at least I'm familiar with necromancers in like fantasy games and stuff of like rising tons of like undead servants. And I like this idea of like you being able to bring back a powerful enemy or even like if you're just a jerk, like, oh, you're my friend and you died. I'm not going to resurrect you. I'm going to bring you back with grim demise <laughs> and you're going to serve me for the next 24 hours. <laughs> and then you'll turn into a pile of ash. You will no longer be intact. And I cannot do it to you ever again. But just this like undead, able to understand, but not able to speak creature that follows you around for 24 hours and obeys your every will. I think that's really dark. And I really like that a lot. That would be weird to like play jokes on people where it's like, Grandma, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> That's so terrible. Hey, I mean, if you had nothing better to do with your time, like, what else are you going to do? Use it as a troll device for a little Because that's what all wizards do when they get to high levels, right? They just turn yeah. into trolls. I, uh, oh, you man. could cast it on like a king that recently died. And like use him as a minion to like take power Ooh. and have him give be up like cover and makeup. Yeah, yeah. And he like comes up and stays up and he goes, "I'm not actually dead. This guy's my heir." Okay, <laughs> but I'm he not can't quite speak. Dead yet. <laughs> that's, oh, that's the true. problem. He yeah. can't speak. Oh. You're like behind him with message, your hand like under his spells. robe and like you put it up through his like collar and you move like yeah. your, his mouth. Yeah. Message <laughs> spells could also be used. Message spell. There yeah. you go. Yeah, so you cast a, message if you're able and to tell cast him to move his mouth. Seventh level spell. Uh, you can probably create some form of like deception. Yeah. I think if you're able to cast seventh level spells, there may be an easier way to go about that. But <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, is a fun way. That's true. <laughs> All right, Chris, what is your fourth spell? So my fourth spell is based off of the card Mind Control. And in this picture, there is a wizard of some sort standing on the hand of almost this, like, Godzilla-esque character. There's, like, two blue orbs, one over each of their heads, and it's almost like he's, like, walking him through wherever this Godzilla-like creature is going. And so I decided to change this spell into something just called Controller of Minds. And it is an enchantment spell, level 7. Casting time is it takes one action to cast it. The range is up to 50 feet away from you. You can cast this. And components are verbal and somatic. The duration is for one minute. And so upon casting the spell on a creature within you know, 50 feet of you, it must make a wisdom saving throw to negate the effect. If they succeed the check, they know where the pull of the mind is coming from. If they fail, you essentially take over their body. And so I imagine this, like, almost Brandon Stark-esque thing where your eyes glaze over and you, like, take over control of the person. So you see through their eyes. You have basically all of their abilities that you can now walk around with and control them. So uh, you get all of their attack modifiers. I debated whether or not you were able to know things that they know about certain things. Like gain access Uh, to their memories Yeah, like gain access to their memories. I I was debating about whether to put that in, so... You can do with that what you want. If you want to add that in, I didn't add that in because I imagined it's almost like this this wizard is standing off in the background and it's not so much used for like cooperative missions. It's like in the heat of the moment because it only lasts for one minute. You can take control of like the big ogre that's running at you and just start swinging for the next minute. In that minute, you're pretty vulnerable. So it would be one of those things where like if you get hit, you have to roll a concentration in order to maintain control of that ogre. 
But um, yeah, so that was that was the spell that I had in mind. So wait, you're saying if you get hit, not yeah, if, if you the get ogre hit, not gets if the ogre gets hit. If so you, the are you basically hit. like standing with your eyes rolled back or whatever your flavor is for how this works, and you're just completely vulnerable while you are in this body? Yep. And is there a range to as far far that this creature? There's can go a one in your minute mind? time limit. Oh, so, so there definitely there, the is a range. Is, depending the time on is quickly. the limit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. But that's that's essentially ten rounds worth of you know, attacks that you could have a huge creature doing tons of damage to its own friends walking into the battlefield. You had me at Brand Star. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Mark, what is your last spell that you have created right. based off a of magic card? My last and most powerful spell Whoa. is based on a card called Merciless Eviction. It's a sorcery spell. What it does is you get to choose one, and it exiles all of a certain card type, be it artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or planeswalkers. So I kind of interpreted this as like a you can just take away someone's ability to do blank. So what I did was I changed it into a spell called Sorceress Rebuttal, and it's a divine spell, level 4. And what it does is you have to choose an arcane spellcasting target. So it's very specific. Uh, You have to target a wizard or a sorcerer or a warlock, basically. And what it does is that target loses three spell slots starting at second level and working down. At higher levels, you can cast the spell higher level, and then you start that point again at a higher level. So if you cast it at a fifth level, they start losing third level spells, so on and so forth. So if you cast it at ninth level, they lose seventh level spell slots. So you can't steal their most powerful spells, but you can still just be like, boom, you can't cast any level seven Mm. spells now or something like that. Um, And so they lose three spell slots. And those are very precious for casters, especially in 5th edition, a lot of people, they don't get more than three spell slots for a given level. So you can literally just take out all of someone's level 7 spells. And late game, that's like your bread and butter slot as your level 7s. Yes. Um, to just be like, you can't do those anymore. You have to deal <laughs> with 6s or you have to deal with 8s. The 8s ones are like, oh, those are so powerful, I don't want to waste them. Yeah. Or you can give this to like an enemy and have them be a boss and just be like, sorry, spellcaster, you can't really do anything <laughs> for this encounter. So I thought that would be a really cool spell to invest mostly in an opponent's hands. But if you give it to your own spellcaster, it could also be pretty potent. It could also be really powerful in the sense that we fought a pit fiend recently. And a pit fiend is a, is a creature that can cast fireball at will. And so if you're a wizard that can like that knows like levels of spells and like how spells work, and you're realizing this monster, or you've learned about this monster, and you know that they can cast at will spells, you might target one of those lower level spell slots just so they can't gain access to that constant ability of fireball, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like what you said about ta- maybe not taking away the highest level spell, but maybe like the next level under that highest spell where you were like, yeah, you might have like two or three of those, which could do a lot of damage. Whereas if you take away the one big one, it's like, well, we only got one spell. So it's only one we have to try and avoid or split out from instead of three spells. So I think that was a really cool flavor to add in for, you know, a possible mechanic of how to use it. And I toyed with the idea of making it like a third level spell and it cancels out second level spells. And so you could get rid of eighth level spells, but I thought that would feel a little too powerful. So giving that two spell like slot gap of you need to be a lot stronger 
to get rid of all of that person's Yeah. Well, I think ability. maybe, too, a way to counteract that, like, this would be too powerful is simply just adding in a spell save uh, yeah. that the opponent can roll against, and the higher target of spell slots that you're going for makes it easier for them to save against it. Uh, maybe you give a minus for each spell slot you're going up against, and the more comp- competent you are as a spell caster, you're like, I can get a seventh level spells, no problem. So I like that aspect too. My last spell is from the card Temporal Binding, and I made this a sorcerer slash wizard spell called Temporal Bind. It's a seventh level conjuration spell. Its casting time is one action. Its range is both self and 300 feet at the same time. I'll explain that. Components okay. <laughs> okay. Components are verbal, somatic, and material, and its duration is instantaneous. Uh, hashtag magic mark. Uh, you are the inspiration for <laughs> this spell from things that happened in the last campaign. Um, not like, oh, man, like I can't believe you did that. That ruined the game. But you used a, a certain spell, and it happened to you a few times and happened to, po- to other creatures. And I think it was a mix of some different spells at times. But it made me go, this would be really a cool thing for a magic user to have in his spell list. And so last campaign uh, in the Unending Sea, you a lot used... Spells that would either it was planar shift or it was prismatic spray yeah. uh, that would planar shift creatures. And then you yourself got caught up in a planar shift <laughs> and like a lot of planar shifts going on with your character. And so as a magic spell that is something that can be used by wizards to just escape and go to a different plane, I created this spell. And it's you place a hand on your chest, that's the self component, and cast this spell. One selected creature that was within 300 feet of you in the past minute, that's the 300 feet range, (laughs) uh, and has magically shifted to another plane, is recalled back to the plane that you are on in the very spot that they left from. And so basically it's as long as it's been a minute, you can recall somebody who's trying to escape magically and go to a plane that you're not sure what plane it is. Uh, You can recall them, counter them back, pull them back into the, the spot. I imagine in the sense of like with arcane magic, maybe there's like a trail of arcane magic that the arcane is able to grasp onto and rip them Almost back. Like a big as, lasso. Yeah, as if they were like lassoed and tether them to the place that you're in. And I imagine this would be something that high-level wizards that have rival magic users that are hunting down their rival or whatever would always keep on their person so that if they are going to win, it isn't just poof, he escaped, he got away. No, you don't come back. I'm gonna. I'm going to defeat you here now. I imagine that could be also used. Uh, I mean, we did that with one other spell of yours in a prison. Like if it's a magically, like if it's a prison that holds magical users, I'd imagine that this spell might come in handy. Like yeah. if somehow they break out of their, you know, anti-magic shackles or whatever it is that they're using, and they somehow plane shift. It's like, 
Oh, where'd they go? Oh, well, we don't matter to us. We're just going to cast a spell yeah, and they just come back, s- you know? Switch this lever that the guy enchanted. <laughs> right. Yeah, or, or speaking of past campaigns, Mark, you played an artificer, which you had, you imbued items to say, if this happens, then this spell goes off. And you could have, like, collars in a prison that it's like, if a teleportation spell goes off, whether casted by this person or, like, at any, whoever cast it on him, like, if it goes off, and this collar leaves with it, then this collar uses this spell to bring them back and tether them to that area. It would also be useful for, like, mage hunters. Yeah, Like, a, absolutely. a team that's used to, like, capture mages or whatever. They could always have, like, a wand of this yeah. or something on hand where as soon as the guy just disappears, because if I was a wizard, that's what I would do to get away exactly. from people. Um, <laughs> you just whip it out and, and then they're all sudden back. And you could even, like... With that one minute time frame, you could like set up the crew, get the shield wall built, like even build, like, <laughs> even like have your like disposable cage and just like set it there and be like, all right, zap him back. And then all of a sudden he's in the cage where he was standing. It's like, oh. Once again, high level uh, magic users are just me. trolls. <laughs> yeah, just like, all right, it's been 59 seconds by my sundial watch. All right, time to come back. <laughs> all right, Chris, send us off strong. What is your last spell? Uh, my last spell is based off of the Magic the Gathering spell called Annihilating Fire. And essentially, it's this picture of this guy just burning alive, like fire coming out of his eyes, out of his mouth. And so I almost imagine, like I'm sure many of you have heard of games where it's like, oh, I got to get the last hit in. I got to get the last hit in on this creature to get the XP or whatever it is. I named the spell Fires of Annihilation. I couldn't decide if it's an evocation slash necromancy or necromancy. I couldn't decide which one because there's components of both. (laughs) It's a spell level two. Its casting time takes one action. Its range is up to 150 feet away with a 10-foot radius on whatever point you cast it on. It has verbal and somatic components, and its duration, the creature, the skeleton that comes up out of the ground lasts for a minute again. So the Annihilating Fire deals 1d8 fire damage to all creatures within a 10-foot radius up to 150 feet away for the casting uh, limit. Creatures in that radius must make a dexterity saving throw to negate half of the damage. So if they're in that area, they make a dexterity saving throw. If a creature dies from the fire, their body continues to burn for the next round until everything but the skeleton remains. The skeleton then rises at the beginning of the next turn and then is controlled by the player who casts the spell. And so the spell damage is increased by 1d8 when they reach 5th level. So it becomes 2d8 at 11th level, becomes 3d8 at 17th level, becomes 4d8. So it's not super powerful at later levels, but it could be if you somehow manage to last hit that creature perfectly. So that was kind of my, like, it could just be another fire spell, but there could be another fun little reward for a little bit higher spell than Firebolt, which is a cantrip. So That spell is way more scary in the hands of opponents to me, in my mind, than it is to players because that action of, hey, you're at zero, guess what? It's still hurting you mm-hmm. is so scary when yeah. you're a player. When you're a player and like a monster keeps hitting you after you reach zero, makes sense, especially with like rabid animals and stuff, but that's when you're like, 
Oh gosh, the GM is so mean right He's now. Yeah. To kill yeah. me, kill me. Yeah, so that's that's I think the scariest aspect of that spell to me. <laughs> yeah, so you would just use uh, I forgot to say this, but you you would just use the skeleton statistics from the monster manual again for those creatures. So all right, well that was our Magic the Gathering episode on spells that we've taken from Magic cards, and now you have hopefully some ideas of some spells you can use in your D&D campaigns. Hashtag Magic Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the show once yeah. again. It's great to be back. If the listeners want to get in touch with you, ask you Magic the Gathering questions, ask you how to make an optimized D&D character. <laughs> Only in 3.5. <laughs> Only in 3.5. Uh, and he can give you some pretty good advice that will drive uh, yeah. your GMs crazy. If you're a GM, maybe he can uh, help you defend against it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where can they get the in touch with you? The best defense is to just say no. <laughs> uh, the best place to find me is I'm on Twitter at Rix, R-I-X, 217. Um, you can get a hold of these guys and they'll also kind of contact me if you want uh, your magic card signed by hashtag magic mark simply send us a private message yep. and send us your cards and we'll get them to him and <laughs> i get will them devalue back to you. them for you <laughs> probably yeah we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't yeah. make them cost anything more <laughs> for people to buy uh, all right mark we will hopefully see you again fairly soon for another episode of bringing the magic of magic to dnd all right thanks for having me well, that's all we have for you today on the Dungeon Master's Block. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode where we've delved a little bit more into the lore of Magic the Gathering and we've brought some ideas for spells that could be used in D&D worlds and in D&D campaigns to the table. Chris, if they want to get in touch with us, if maybe they've come up with some new spells, maybe spells even based off of Magic the Gathering, or if they just have questions for us or want to say anything to us in general, where can they reach us at? Yeah, send us an email at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. We will get back to you as quickly as we can. This is unfortunately not our full-time job, so we will, we will <laughs> do that. Sometimes that's not quickly, and we apologize. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you can also go and leave us an iTunes review. We would love to give you a shout-out in a future episode, as well as this can be an opportunity for you to help us grow our audience a little bit. And you can also find us on Google Play Music and Stitcher and various other podcasting apps as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. You can like our Facebook page. If you do either of those or both of those, you will get updates about the show. You will get D&D memes. And you will also probably get updates about our other shows with the Block Party Podcast Network. We have a Patreon member shout-out of the week, and this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... Travis Sanders! Thank you so much, Travis. Travis is a feared silver dragon. Yes, so he is. Fear him as he flies across the sky, giving his caca of fear, whatever sound <laughs> dragons make. Is that, I really want to fight <laughs> a dragon in your campaign that goes caca. Thank you, caca, Travis Sanders. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. Well, with that... We're shutting down the mics, we're shutting down the computers, we're turning everything off for this week's episode of Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing all the characters with sweet magic spells, and lowering the egos with sweet magic spells of all the other players at the table. Have a good night, everyone. And keep on Dungeon Mastering with sweet magic spells. <laughs> Magic.
And we are joined today by Hashtag Magic Mark. Say hello, Hashtag Magic Mark. Hey, hey. we never do that in intros anymore. Well, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting right next to us. Hello, everybody. All right. <laughs> I'm that special. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'll just start over. And That's to, a good blooper. For this week's episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. And with that, let's get into transmuting some of those D&D spells. And with that, let's get into transmuting... Screw it. I almost said a bad <laughs> word. We're just going to leave it the way it was. Goodbye.